Hello, this is Don Bluth, and you're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 40, Robin Hood. Cheap thrills, folks. Cheap, quotable thrills. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host. My name is Chelsea Robson, along with my co-hosts, Morgan Straddling. Hello! And Mason Smith. Hi there. We're just a group of friends who like to get together and talk about movies, and our favorite types of movies are animated movies. And so we started this podcast to talk about animated films. We're glad that you are joining us today as we are talking about one of our very favorite movies, Robin Hood. (laughs) I thought you guys were going to like... Oscar dramatic effect. Wow, okay. we're off to a really great start. Because I don't know, I, I don't know if it's like your your things cutting out or if you're pausing because you want me to respond. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna wait this out. Yeah. At Dis- Disney's Robin Hood, it should be actually. Yeah, there are lots of Robin Hoods in existence. <laughs> There's even on Redbox. You know how they always have really crappy horror movies. <laughs> At Redbox, I saw one that's like Little John and Briar Tuck try to resurrect Robin Hood. What? Yeah, and he turns comes back as a zombie, but he's always like this undead Hawkeye guy. Wow! Oh wow! Zombie Hood. <laughs> zombie Hood. Is it kind of like that um, Warm Bodies movie? Weird thing. No, Warm Bodies probably, is probably less hipster and more like B grade horror. Yeah, Warm Bodies isn't really horror. Oh, okay. Then never mind. <laughs> I never saw it. You said it looked weird, and then I saw a preview and was like, yeah, that does look weird. <laughs> I never really warmed up to it at Pun Attended. Oh, man. Oh, man. So anyone who's new to our podcast, this is basically what it's like the entire time. Bad jokes. Who says they're but... bad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you totally just got burned. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy puns. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we think they're awesome, but I'm sure I can hear the groan sometimes in the audience as we're giggling away. <laughs> I can't. So how was everybody's <laughs> week? Listen or watch anything good or do anything exciting? I have a little bit of a story um, that happened to me in the last couple of weeks. I was in a commercial with the Alice Cooper. <laughs> Not not the fake Alice Cooper from no. uh, from uh, that Johnny Depp film. No, never mind. He, he was in that movie. What? <laughs> um. So I applied for this commercial, and what was funny is they wanted us to be able to send in a video of themselves just talking or whatever. So I was like, "All right, which videos do I have of me? Ah, let's look at the Rotoscopers YouTube. Yay!" <laughs> so I ended up sending him the one where I talk about the host. And then, like, I get the call, and they're like, yeah, we really liked your video, and you got the part. I'm like, sweet. (laughs) So I was pretty excited about that. So I spent the day. um, Yeah, the spot that I do is actually really funny. Um, I learned how to play the flute that morning. (laughs) 
meaning I don't play the flute at all, but they like were having me try and then also make up some words to go along with the song that I'm supposed to be singing and playing the flute at the same time. Like it's pretty ridiculous, but <laughs> it was really funny. So I'm sitting there knee to knee with Alice Cooper. It was pretty awesome. Nice. So how's Alice doing these days? Oh, Alice yeah. is really cool. I mean, he's, I mean, honest, like he's like 67, 68, 69, somewhere in there, but he still does his deal. Like, like the Alice Cooper image is still the same. Like he still does it all. It's really funny. <laughs> um, but he's like a totally nice guy and just totally laid back down to earth and will talk to you about anything and just is not pretentious at all. And just like, Hey yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I saw the video and even though he still has that kind of rough like all black Alice Cooper image, <laughs> right. he's like everything I expected about him from watching Wayne's World, you know? <laughs> he and, is. And you know, you get not to rag on other like rock megastars out there, but you've got like like Steven Tyler and like Ozzy Osbourne, like Alice Cooper's just like the most intelligible sounding of all the rockers out there. Like, given his image, I would never expect him to speak so like articulately and intelligently. Yeah, you know, and so thoughtfully. He's like a really genuine guy in person. Yeah, no, he totally is, and he's got his own radio show as well. So I think that probably adds to the fact of why he's able to be so um, intelligent in speech. But no, he's like really nice and just like what's up and. We got a couple snakes on set, oh, and it's not a rock video unless there's a twenty foot boa constrictor. <laughs> this giant thirteen foot snake is just like slithering around this place. But yeah, it was totally fun. Like it was, it was a great experience. I was glad to have done it. So, I mean, Alice Cooper lives in Arizona, and so like, he's around. I guess from what I understand, Ooh. everyone that's cool and important lives in Arizona. Exactly. That is a very spot on remark. (laughs) I like the way you think. Oh, (laughs) but here's, here's the other part of my story. I wouldn't have had this opportunity had like a million bad things not happened to me right before. Tell us more. Yeah. Okay. So here's my story. (laughs) I have been trying to move to Nashville for the past year and a half. Nashville. (laughs) I know. And Every month or so, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave this day. This is my date to leave. And then something happens and it gets like pushed back or whatever. So it's just been like this long ordeal. And I'm like getting to the point where I'm like, I'm so ready. I just need to leave. I just need to go. But then right in this order of the day that I was going to leave, really stupid things happen. Like I get really sick. And then I end up having like a really bad cough that I dislocate a rib that I'm no longer (laughs) able to talk or sing and then that gets better but then right after that from the coughing yeah yeah i totally dislocated my rib from coughing it was just horrible Wait, Uh, really yeah i had to go to the chiropractor and everything and then right after that like my teeth start hurting i'm like oh crap i go into the dentist and i'm like now i have to get a root canal awesome so like one thing after another just like horrible bad things happen I mean, obviously, I'm a very blessed person, and these are things that just blow over eventually, and they're not really that bad. But to me, it was like, oh, man. And so, like, had all those little things not happened, I wouldn't have been able to meet Alice Cooper. And and I made a few other friends in there, too, so that I think will be very good for when I actually do move out there, which will be sooner, sooner all the time. Yay! (laughs) Wow. And that, folks, is why for the next two weeks, we're going to have a charity drive for Chelsea. (laughs) 
so that so that she can pay the chiropractor to fix her rib that she broke when she was coughing. Oh, man. Oh. We'll be on the line all two weeks. If you call in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> you receive a, fl- a free Mason plush. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to get lots of calls now. With the yeah, bells right. in the background. Ding, 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 ding. We just had a $100 donor. Hey. You get 10 minutes more of the podcast. <laughs> yes, thunder instead tube. of a bell, it's the thunder tube for us. Of How could we forget? Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, but here's the other cool part. As when I there's do, more? there's so much more. Oh, it gets better all the time. Hey, so, this is a Chelsea segment. Normally, we have nerdy couch discussion, catch and fire, and occasionally it's the Chelsea hour. Not occasionally. I've never done this before. <laughs> I know that's why we like it. It's a new segment. Oh, good. Okay. It's one so, time though, so you better watch oh, out. All right. So I better make it worth it. <laughs> Cram it in right now. Um. So on my way to Nashville, I'm going to have to stop. It's a two-day journey to get there. So I'm going to have to stop somewhere in the middle, which happens to be somewhere in Texas. Ears perked up. Are you seeing what I got going here, Mason? What are you, what are you doing in my, my turf? <laughs> what are you doing on my side of the Mason-Dixon line? <laughs> so at some point in time, we need to meet while I make my trek cross-country. Yahoo! Austin just has to be the live music capital of the world. It's true. Austin is pretty awesome. So yeah, that's close by me. Yeah. All right. Let's do something because we have to at least like get a high five in there, not just a virtual one. A high five. <laughs> you, we'll, we'll be driving on, on I-35 opposite ways. Then I'll just kind of lean over. <laughs> lean out the window. Chelsea! <laughs> Bye, Mason. See ya. Okay. Wow, that is quite the odyssey. How was your week, Mason? <laughs> um, it was really good. Uh, I started starting a new job, and actually, it, this isn't exactly a job, but I'm going to start being a DJ uh, during the week at the student radio at A&M. Awesome. So they kind of have like a non-mainstream type radio program that you can do. So I'm going to do Thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, starting next week and just have a little playlist and, and play and stuff. So it'll be fun. I guess I'll start next week. And uh, my wife was actually a DJ at A&M before. And so they are going to let her come and visit and like help me out with the show whenever whenever she wants. So Awesome. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Other than that, I saw Epic over the weekend. And how did you like it? Uh... It was a really good looking film. Like it was really interesting, like visually and stuff. But uh, I don't know, just a lot of weakness in story and characters. <laughs> I wrote about the end, the the villain uh, Mandrake on theroscopers dot com, and um, yeah, I really, I really think he's a dorky villain. But yeah, it was pretty good. Let's see. Um, I saw the like the Walking with Dinosaurs preview. If anyone's seen that, they're like going to come out with that, and, and that looks okay, I guess. Despicable Me promos. Everywhere. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that excited about Despicable Me too. Neither am I. Neither am I. But I was never that into the first one. I'll and give eventually it. Eventually, when we I do, I thought the Despic- first one was adorable. I loved the first one. I think they're pushing the minions a little too much. Yeah. It's starting to convert into kind of this Madagascar type uh, slapstick, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is okay in moderation. Everything you in know? moderation. Not Legos. But um. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then I saw the the preview for Turbo. Turbo, 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 Turbo. Turbo, it's Turbo time. 
<laughs> so uh, I've uh, I watched the story. So <laughs> Bo gets his powers because he gets like he gets like sucked into a drag racer's engine, and like oh, the the nos gets like injected into his shell. And <laughs> stranger things you know, have happened. <laughs> well, I don't want to give away any spoilers here, folks, but I figured out the entire film. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. we can do it's a spoiler segment. Well, it, it spoiler, explains every spoiler. it explains everything from <laughs> spoiler 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 danger. Will Robinson. It explains everything from like the weird snail races that these guys are doing to um, you know the the engines on the things. I've got it all figured out. The fact is is that at turbo turbo die got sucked into the <laughs> the engine, and this is actually his. It's like a lost style heaven for him, you know. <laughs> Because his life has been so mundane and boring that he dies when he gets sucked into the race car. And this is kind of his, like, heaven, you know, snail heaven, where he All can right. just kind of live this fantasy of being a super fast snail and having friends. I it's like really it's really sad, folks, but it's true. He's dead the whole time. You know, being dead is the answer to everything in most movies. They well, were dead the whole time. He's a it ghost. It was a dream the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, folks. I hate to make you all <laughs> depressed, but Durbo's been dead the whole time. That's the point of the movie. <laughs> well, we'll see who's right come July 19th. And then he, then he finds all his friends, and they all sit in this church, you know, in the last scene. They kind of all float into this white light, just like lost, you know. <laughs> the and then, end. And then, and then they, they never meet... explain the island. No, then they meet the dogs from All Dogs Go to Heaven and all the clocks. Oh. And... All the clocks from all clocks. You'll never come back. You'll never come back. Uh, and then that pink, pink poodly dog, she's going to sing that she's song. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. <laughs> totally. I love that movie. That's funny. So after figuring out Turbo all by myself, um, that's about it. Yeah, this new radio show coming up on Thursdays, and that's it. Cool. Well, I watched, obviously, Robin Hood, and I've been continuing my exploration, I'm doing air quotes, of My Little Ponies. <laughs> so, um, Still? Yeah, I'm exploring season two, which I don't think is as good as season one, but I've heard season three is really good, so I'm sticking with it. Plus, it's kind of like my thing to get me to fall asleep. Like, I can fall asleep really easily, so it's not like I need this, but I'm using this as an excuse. But yeah, I fall asleep to an episode basically on my phone. <laughs> and what else did I watch? Oh, I, I watched Monsters University. Oh, how was that? I, well, hey, okay, good so for you. technically I can't speak about it, but by the time we release the episode, this will be opening day of Monsters University, and so I can say my thoughts. So I really liked it. Really, really cute. Right from the very beginning, um, baby, not baby Mike, but little Mike. Adorable. Oh my gosh. Love it. So, you know, you kind of understand, you know, why he dreams to go to Monsters University and whatnot. And he gets there, and it's really good. And then there's kind of the dynamic about he, how he and Sully meet. And there's a few other characters that we see throughout um, that make little cameos. But what I really liked is that it wasn't about those characters. It wasn't about, like, oh, let's just see all our favorite characters from the first movie, and let's just make it all about them at college. You know, it's definitely yeah. different. Um, it doesn't feel – like, I've been watching a lot of sequels recently or um, because I've been doing reviews for the website, you know, like Mulan 2, Hunchback 2, Brother Bear 2. They made a and Hunchback 2? Let's be honest. Two? Those aren't oh, me. yeah, they did. 
those aren't high quality sequels in the first place and they aren't really known for their story. But what I noticed with a lot of those is they basically like rehash the plot of the first movie and like really popular elements from that movie. Like um, Mulan 2, Mushu says like some of the same jokes, you know, like, oh, my baby all going out and saving China, you know, and, and yeah. they kind of like say the same things that made that were funny in the first movie. But they don't do this in Monsters University. There's a few little moments, but it's completely its own movie. At first, I, you know, they keep promoting these sororities and fraternities, and I'm like, why are they such a big deal? How do they play in? Um, I really like the way that they play in. Well, I haven't you, watched you have any. To be in a, you... If you can't get into the school of scaring, then you, you have to be in a frat party, right? To do be in the scare games. Yes. Is that how it works? Yeah, but the thing, yeah, I hadn't watched any of the trailers, so I didn't, didn't really know. But yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so you have to, you know, one way to get into the scare college is to, you know, be a part of the scare games, and you have to be part of a sorority or fraternity to be in it. And so these sororities and frats are really funny. Um, One thing I really didn't like is, and this really isn't a spoiler, but every monster in the world is completely different. Like, no two monsters look the same. It's really awesome. Except all the girls in the Python New Kappa sorority, which initials are PNK, pink, they all look exactly the same. They're the same three-eyed monsters. Um, It's not kind of bothering me. I'm like, why are all three of those the same? But I kind of get it, you know, kind of like birds of a feather flock together and certain girls in college and in real life look the same. (laughs) That's Um, true. And are seen as the popular ones. So I kind of can see why they did that, but it still was like, I are these like sex tuplets? No, because they all have different names. I don't know. It was it's just like thing. the Ashley Club on reset. Yeah, the Ashley Club. Uh, yes. Totally. totally. <laughs> and so as, I, as the movie was progressing, at first I was like, I don't really like this ending. I don't like, like the way this is going. It seems like pretty typical. And then something would change. And then I was like, something else would happen. I'm like, I'm not really liking the way this is happening. seems pretty like sad or boring, whatever. And then it would change. And then all, you know, all that came together. And in the end, I really liked it. So they, they tie the two movies together. Like they create that bridge, which is really cool. Oh, good. So really good movie. I think I would give it about four, four and a half stars. I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm still sort of pondering. So everyone should see it, definitely. It's it's worth it. And it's really, there are some really funny jokes and lines and, and things in there. So Oh, good deal. See it, guys. We will also be doing a podcast about this movie as well. Yes. So. Our next episode is going to be. Yeah, that's got to be our next episode. So get ready for that because it, this will be all spoilers, all talking about everything in the movie, quotes, you know, none of this beat around the bush, yeah, you, try not to spoil you guys. You will be spoiled. <laughs> so in our last episode, we did an interview with one of our writers, Blake, and this week we are doing another interview with one of our writers, Myra. So the reason we started doing this is because we have all these amazing writers on the site and we wanted you guys to get to know them. So uh, here's our interview. We kind of just jump right into it. There's no official starting point where we introduce ourselves and there's, we like just start talking, um, because Myra's just really cool like that. And we had a really good time. And so we kind of just start talking and then slowly get into the interview. So it's really fun. So here it is. Oh, success. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Do I have my video up? No. Okay. There we go. If you don't Ish. want to, you don't actually have to. Yeah, that's but true. <laughs> this is actually one of the very first like calls that we've ever done with video. Yeah, we normally don't. Well, like I never see Mason. 
Well, because with three people, it's like the bandwidth is crazy, right. and it like it, it lags. So we we never see each other when we talk. But just- I always wondered about that. I was like, it sounds like they may not be looking at each other. Otherwise, you'd be like, your silly face, your silly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will have to one day. So how are you? I'm all right, hanging in there at home, watching my cat do weird things. Nice. That's what cats are for. Yeah. Yeah, they entertain us during the, the weird moments. How are you guys doing? How are finals and such? Finals? Finished. Shorts are done. Mine are done. It's like freedom. It's so nice freedom. to be able to... Horrible, s- horrible freedom. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's, I, I ended on Tuesday, but yesterday I played in a golf tournament, and then I had to go to this, like, banquet... So like hasn't really been free to and now I have to I have to do this with Chelsea. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I have like all these like projects around my house and I haven't really gotten to do them yet. So I'm like, okay, after all I'm free but I'm not free. Yeah. Still have right. but it's fun. So I totally know what you mean. I took some time off from my part time job and and I'm finally getting to all the stupid little home cleaning things and also, like, editing scripts that I haven't touched in months. And What type uh, of yeah. scripts do you edit? Uh, my boyfriend's a filmmaker, and he's a director, and I'm the writer. Uh, so I'm adapting this. Um, it's a the- theater pit. This is Tallulah. Cat. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> She's, she has great timing. Um, I I'm editing, a, I'm adapting this play from um, a Spanish playwright, and I'm making it into a screenplay, and that's what I'm working on. Awesome. Essentially, it's it's just sort of about, like, usually when you hear about the migrant story, you always hear about the person who crossed the border. This time, it's actually about the people who got left behind. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you know. Cool. <laughs> so, okay, so I guess we'll go into, like, the formal part of our interview. So, tell us about yourself. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, originally from Phoenix. Um, I moved to Brooklyn Yay. two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I miss it. You guys have such good weather, and I'm just uh, okay. Um, I'm trying to soak I, it up right now. Like, oh. <laughs> soak up that vitamin D because the deprivation is terrible. <laughs> um, but I've been here in Brooklyn for two years. I'm a filmmaker, artist, actor. I do a little bit of everything. I even make jewelry as a hobby, which is kind of silly. But yeah, most of most of the art I deal with has some sort of political undertone to it. Like I said, with you know, with the script um, that I'm working on, I'm also working on a bunch of other things. I, I'm working on a, on a short. Uh, when I was in Arizona, I got my BA in theater, so I have a lot of friends over there, born and raised. I love animation. Started when I was a kid, obviously, like most people. Me and my dad would actually wake up super early in the morning because uh, he, he's an arborist. And in Arizona, you have to get up way before sunlight yes. to get any of that kind of work done. So I would wake up at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and we'd watch like the Ink and Paint Club on the Disney Channel when I was on at like 5 o'clock in the morning or um, Tom and Jerry on Cartoon Network. And it just it just sort of came from this father daughter moment, and then it just exploded into the first time I saw Pocahontas on the big screen, which was a huge moment for me, all the way through today. Awesome. So you mentioned Pocahontas, and you just recently wrote an awesome article for the site about um, Pocahontas. So why is Pocahontas so important to you? Or kind of explain what you wrote. Essentially. 
you know, my parents are originally from Mexico, but we're, you know, I've always considered myself indigenous in some way. And growing up, um, there's, you know, obviously growing up, you see um, a, a lot of Caucasian based characters. And, and for the bulk of my youth, that's what it was until Pocahontas. And then it was like, oh, wow, like, here's a native person being portrayed. And so it was, um, it was that was the, the can of worms opening up for really great potential in cinema as well as in animation. Um, but essentially, like as a kid, I grew up watching other people's cartoons, and then I finally got an idea of what my story would look like on screen. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you know, you base you don't get all of the different levels that you get when you're an adult. Um, and I actually had put down Pocahontas for a while and just like sort of idealized it in my mind. And then I went back and rewatched it at different times of my youth. And, and I just sort of was like, Oh wow. You know, like when I was 13, I was like, wow, John Smith's really in love with him, with her. And Pocahontas is really in love with him. That's so awesome. She has a freaking hummingbird for best friend. That's great. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, when I was 18 or 17, I saw it again and I was like, wow, you know, the people, I, I saw the sociopolitical tenants, uh, um, issues surrounding the entire move from Britain to the United States, well, to the colonies. Um, and then just recently I rewatched it again and just wrapping my brain around the entire film was very complicated. Um, it was very hard, you know, trying to balance these ideas of like, well, you know, these are indigenous people being portrayed by non-indigenous people. Um, but at the same time, they're trying to do them a service by portraying them at all. But at the same time, they don't really understand because they weren't in those shoes. So it's just, it's a very complex issue. I still haven't really made up my mind about how I feel about Pocahontas. I do think it's still a very important film in history, in Disney history, and like in, in ethnic cultures. But I think it's a it, it was a brave first step for Disney to try and delve into um, a new world of of ethnic interpretation, if you will. But I also got some really great feedback from commenters. Um, one guy in particular, I don't remember his name. Um, I think his last name was Trujillo, um, mm-hmm. but he was just sort of brought up the question, you know, like should we boycott Disney because based on this? And I, I really don't think we should do anything like that, and any anything but that. That, that sort of brings negative attention to the entire thing. What we should do is sort of uh, support education and support um, people who want to delve into this diff- these different areas um, uh, because m- what tends to happen is people with less education end up doing, you know, the minimum wage jobs um, and they stay in the cycle. But if you support their education, then they'll open their eyes into other possibilities. Like, I didn't know I could be a filmmaker and make decent money until <laughs> I to a certain point and I was like okay great now I can you know represent my community and make them justice and tell the stories that need to be told from our perspective um sorry I got really political there (laughs) (laughs) no we love it (laughs) so um on a scale of one to ten how big of a Disney fan are you Oh, it wavers. (laughs) (laughs) um I you know I, I think right now I can with them Picking up Pixar, I can say I'm a solid eight. Nice. Without Pixar? I'm a solid six. <laughs> <laughs> what about animation in general? Uh, solid, like, nine and a half, eleven. I, <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
That's awesome. So, um, how did you, you kind of touched on this, but how did you get into writing? Um, it was sort of something I always delved in, like <laughs> dabbled in, um, in elementary school. I was, I was a little bit of a bookworm and I wasn't, I didn't have too many friends, which is okay, but I would, I would just write little things and it was never like actual stories or, or anything of like real importance. They might've just been like one or two sentences here or there. Um, but what I did end up developing was just this love for, um, for academic writing. I, I, I love writing essays. Like I just, I, it's something that I found out that I had, that I do really well and that I can articulate sometimes if I have time, enough time. Um, and, and so I just ended up, that's how I ended up getting my scholarship to ASU. And like, that's how I, you know, that's what I focused on. And then I realized later on, you know, uh, along with that came my love for literature, along with that came my love for theater, and it just sort of made sense. Um, and then eventually, um, in college, one of my friends was just like, hey, so you're a really great academic writer, you want to give writing a shot, I need to make my senior thesis film, will you write it? And I said, yes. And um, so I wrote live action film, um, <laughs> again, based on like, uh, immigration, um, issues in the South. Then I've just been writing, um, yeah, a few things here or there. Um, I'm still trying, you know, to break into something, but that's why I'm here with you guys. Well, and you made the huge step of moving like away from your comfort zone, I guess, yeah. into like where one of the hubs of the industry is, which is a huge step. I think. And like, I applaud you and, and love that you did that because yeah. only good things can happen by putting yourself out there rather than trying to make it happen, you know, at home or, you know, a place where it's not as relevant, I guess. No, for sure. And like, I've been here for two years. I didn't, I honestly, honestly did not think I would make it more than eight months. So for really? me to be here for two years is kind of awesome. And like, you know, I've had odd jobs where I worked for like a PR company and then I worked for Samsung and like not necessarily doing anything with film or animation or anything. But the fact that I was here is sort of, um, you know, turning the gears or, or just I'm simmering and stewing and all that is art in New York city. <laughs> and that's, that's a great thing. So how do you like Brooklyn? Brooklyn's awesome. A lot of people give it a bad rep, and I understand why, but it's changed a lot in the last 10, 5 years. I've heard stories about my building that I do not <laughs> want to share, but just Brooklyn in general is awesome. I mean, you know, we're, we have the hipster hub um, just a few miles up north from here, and it's, you know, there's a lot of really great culture. It's just very active with really positive energy and really mm -hmm. positive things. Um, but I love, I love, love Brooklyn. I just love living in buildings and being surrounded by buildings that have like ridiculous history mm -hmm. <laughs> here for like years, you know, like in Arizona, you sometimes walk into a building and you can tell that it's old and you like, you walk in and it's like, you can breathe in the moldy <laughs> air and you're like, yeah, this is an old building. But like every five feet you walk and you see something like that. Awesome. Yeah, I lived in New York for a, a little bit, like six six months or so. I was in, like, um, North Central Park. And so it was, like, Spanish Harlem. <laughs> it was, like, nice. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I love that same thing. Like, you just, you walk around. And I, even right now, the culture of, 
like the neighborhood that I was in has changed a lot and they've put in a lot of newer buildings and a lot of higher things up. And so it kind of, it changes the whole feeling of it. Um, so I can understand the, like not wanting that, but at the same time, I'm like, I really like new things. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those, like, I just, I like change and I hate change. <laughs> I know it's really bad, but it's like, I love this building, but I'd also love an elevator. Literally, I- <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So what are your, your next plans? Um, well, I'm hoping to finish up the script pretty soon and hopefully, well, actually I'm in talks with my boyfriend and a friend of ours and we're going to, um, write and shoot a mini, a web mini series, um, hopefully within the next year. Um, so we'll start cranking those out, um, hopefully by the end of next year. Awesome. Um, so we're going to, as soon we're working on, actually we're working on a music video. We've been working on a music video for a little while for, uh, this, um, R and B artist called Rick star. And it's just, just incredibly, uh, um, special effects heavy. So we're still working on the special effects, but I actually did the art design on it. Like I said, I dabble in everything. Um, so I did, like, I fully constructed this, like, mad scientist lab. Um, so that will be out hopefully in June. And then it's going to be the miniseries, and hopefully we get some money through the miniseries and we can fund the script. Yeah, in the long, long future, <laughs> this is, like, within the next few years. Um, but in the, uh, you know, five to ten year range, hopefully some really big work comes my way. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to make contacts with a really great director who happens to be in town right now. Um, the director of Babel and Beautiful and Amores Perros, he's a really big guy. Um, a friend of mine is like one of his assistants randomly. And um, we're hoping to touch base with him and maybe he'll fund a documentary that I have in a back burner. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Lots of things. Yeah. Too many. (laughs) Okay, so we want to do a um, rapid fire, catch and fire with you. Yay! So we're going to ask you just a bunch of quick questions. Oh, she's excited about this one, you can see. (laughs) (laughs) We need to, like, mix them up so people can't prepare. I know. (laughs) Oh, I did it. I did it. I've just been waiting for this all week. (laughs) Awesome. But we're so excited. I was, like, excited when we were going to do this and, and talk to everybody. Like, actually get to, like, instead of just email. Like, email's cool. Like, that's a whole other level, but be able to talk to someone and be like, oh, like, this is what she's really like, and this is what she sounds like. It's yeah, so cool. So, and now we get to hear what your opinions are on the infamous questions. So, are you ready? Yes. What is the first animated movie that you remember seeing? Pocahontas. What is your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, mm, mm. This one's hard. <laughs> what did you say? Okay, um, Arthur when I was in elementary school, but definitely Daria in high school. Daria, nice. Oh, okay. Both good ones. <laughs> um, favorite animated movie? Uh, right now, Kiki's Delivery Service, hands down. Nice. Okay. Favorite animator or artist? Ooh, um, uh, Frida Kahlo is one of my favorite artists ever. Cool. All right. Classic animation or CGI? Classic. Favorite animation studio? Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Disney or Pixar? Pixar. <laughs> Disneyland or Disney World? I've only been to Disneyland, so Disneyland. Okay. Favorite land in Disneyland? Ah, uh, Toontown. Toontown, nice. <laughs> nice. You're pulling out some non-traditional answers, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stitch or Tinkerbell? 
Stitch. Songs or no songs? Oh, that's hard. Uh, right now, no songs. People or anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic. <laughs> All right. Who would win in a fight? Snow White or Sleeping Beauty? Oh, oh. Um, I would say Snow White, or no, uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yeah. Reason? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, Snow White seems so dainty. She's Sleep- Snow White does have seven sets of arms behind her, though. <laughs> no sidekicks allowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so here's here's a good one. You are made to watch one of these movies. Which one are you going to choose? We're going to go with Brother Bear 2 or Cinderella 2. Ooh. Cinderella 2? Because I didn't even bother with the first Brother Bear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Cool. <laughs> so um, is there any last thoughts you want to share? I don't know. Keep an eye out for my next uh, opinion article I'm thinking about, but I feel like I'm going to make everyone very, very angry. I was thinking about <laughs> making an article on Disney princesses. So where can people find you? Where do you write? What's your Twitter? What's your, you know, where, where do you want people to go? Uh, you can definitely find me on Facebook. Um, my Twitter handle is at Amaya Sun Wizard, and I'm working on my website right now. So um, I'll let you guys know as soon as that's up. Perfect. Well, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, it's nice to meet you guys, finally. I know. It's so good to meet you, too. All right, well, thanks. Bye, Talk to you Maya. later. Thanks. Good luck. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh. Folks, I'm a man with very specific tastes, and when it comes to funny animated films, you know, you got your, your Emperor's New Groove, you know, you've got your um, Lilo and Stitch, um, whatever, Hercules. There's one film that happened way back in the 70s that, like, I don't know how it's, how it happened in my family, but we just started watching it, and we thought it was the funniest thing in the whole wide world. And it's like our favorite animated film to watch. And uh, so that one is Disney's Robin Hood. This so, is like the holy grail of d- funny Disney films. I like to me, it's just so totally. amazing. No, it's so uh, it's so true. I was thinking about as I'm watching this. I'm, my gosh, this movie is so quotable. <laughs> yeah, it's even, a freaking like, riot, man. The dialogue on this, everything in here is so perfectly crafted in here to make it awesome. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, exactly. oh, so amazing. Well, and the thing is, this isn't really. It's a good movie. Um, I wouldn't, well, I would put it up on one of my tops, but a lot of people don't consider this to be that great of a Disney movie, but I really do. And, you know, that quotability factor definitely is a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. One observation I would make is that I was reading in uh, the illusion of life, kind of gearing up for this episode. And the authors made it the point that the film kind of, it kind of sacrifices story for really awesome characters and so basically what you get is this, like, 
there's this like really awesome kind of sitcom about <laughs> these amazing characters, and it's really, really good. It's true. I really don't care that there's no real character development or no real <laughs> story, you know, other than you know, Robin Hood saves the day again and again and again. <laughs> I really don't care because the film has like the wackiest characters in it. That's amazing. Well, and also not just that, but the voice actors in here were spot on. Like each one of them, they're so good at their intonation. Like there's some people that are, like when they speak or actors when they go in, it's just them and they don't have like this this range of tonal quality in their voice. But like each right. one of these quotes, like as they're doing it, it's like going up and down. And down. It's just so out, <laughs> like out of the realm of normal that everything is so memorable. Yeah, and it does that without being outrageous, you know, like yeah. uh, Emperor's in a Groove, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. But anyway, yeah, this is an amazing film. <laughs> About the voice actors, I like how um, historically accurate this film is. You know, in the Dark Ages, uh, half all. the people were Brit- were proper British and half the people were like backwoods rednecks. <laughs> Hey, no big deal. Hey, y'all the Sheerwood Forest, y'all. <laughs> you know, Sheriff of Nottingham. He's like, he's scared of me. <laughs> so many good rednecks in this film. <laughs> I love it. It came from this like it came from this like weird era in Disney when they were like recycling all their animations and like really taking shortcuts with their animation. Oh, you know everywhere. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this this was one of the one of probably the last films of the Xerox era. And that sort of started with 101 Dalmatians. And so they developed this process where instead of having to hand ink, I guess, the lines on the cells, they were able to just Xerox Xerox them. And it saved a lot of time, and it kind of gave this little sketchy look. Um, And I really kind of like that chunk of movies from 101 Dalmatians till this. Yeah. I, um, and I think, well, this wasn't the last one. There was Rescuers that came after, and, and Winnie the Pooh had it, Jungle Book. But all those movies in there, I mean, they have this sketchy quality. It, it definitely kind of gives a vibe of cheapness. Um, but it's endearing yeah. at the same time. It's like a good, it's like a, yeah, it's like a good cheapness. It's a good cheapness. Is there such a thing? Uh, yeah, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding so we kind of mentioned this in episode three when we did rockadoodle but this movie is based on sort of um disney originally in the 50s they wanted to do a reynard the fox which is sort of an old french uh fairy tale about this fox and they did a lot of sketches yeah. like pre-development for this you know chanticleer comes from that story so i mean it's more that story is more similar i guess to what we know as rockadoodle than than this but not really. Anyways, so um, a lot of these sketches and models were designed because they were going to make this movie, and they ended up not doing it, but then um, kind of reused the designs in Robin Hood. So the minstrel rooster, I mean, his design is nearly nearly the same, or definitely you can see like the origins came from that. So that's really cool because as I was researching way back when, episode three, I came across um, – Deja, Andreas Deja and his blog and he has like amazing posts about about that so I'll link to those in the show notes so you can read a little bit more about this but uh, yeah. yeah pretty cool so a lot of the elements were used in Robin Hood but not we didn't ever, ever see that, that other Fox movie that could have been I guess <laughs> oh well 
You know, um, <laughs> this is this also comes from that era where they they open up the films with a fairy tale book, you know, oh, and then it kind of yes. opens it up and you like dive into the pages. And you kind of get this wacky opening on this film. <laughs> I felt like, like it's really <laughs> weird. Have you ever seen like Beverly Hillbillies? You know, where they like you know starring. Da, 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 as, yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's kind of like that, you know. I felt like the entire time they're just trying to like. Like, let's draw this thing out as long as we possibly can. Because, like, <laughs> they even, like, all of those little scenes are just the moving cells of the action sequences. Yeah, they're so just, they're they're just, just recycling cycles. the entire thing. I love Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we blame Xerox on the, facts that it, the fact that it had a $1.5 million budget, which even for the time was shockingly low. It's Quite like an achievement. <laughs> in the fifties, sleeping beauty was made for around five, 6 million, you know? And so to go all the way back 20, 30 years later, it's like, Oh man. So I understand why they had to reuse a lot of footage, but this is really funny because I don't think there is another animated movie by Disney where they introduce the characters like this, like, Hey, it's the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> played by Pat Buttram. Well, and I also like the fact that they had, they felt the need to tell you what type of animal they were under everything, <laughs> just in case you didn't know, because I mean, I know the sheriff of Nottingham looks pretty similar to the bear. And, you know, it's like, he's a fox and he's a bear. Oh, he's, I had problems with that growing up. Old bushel like, riches. That's funny. <laughs> but it's a good song. Yeah, so this was the this was the song. The whistling part, at least, was the uh, the inspiration for the infamous hamster dance. So it's like you take the whistle song and you speed it up just two like doubles time, and you got hamster dance. And it's like you I wish dance. I wish Disney would have prosecuted them for that yeah. because that was a travesty of Prom- the early two thousands. Cute and persecute. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's a funny little intro. Like I, I like it for what it is. It's it's different. I like anything. it. It helps establish it helps establish the cast. That way, we don't have to worry about any character development because uh, we're here to have a good time, people. <laughs> like the whole point of this movie is really cheap thrills, <laughs> and it works. Okay? It's true. Yep. 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 And then it kind of goes into this introductory song that shows who Robin Hood and Little John are. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest. Laughing back and forth to what the other had to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodalali, oodalali, golly, what a day. Yeah, I love that part. No, it's a good little song because it introduces the duo, which basically are our two main characters, their relationship, how they're kind of goofy and, um, yeah. you know, criminals, obviously, and they're under the, you know, always on the run. And then we go into that scene where they're in the tree and they're kind of just, you know, what does little John say? Um, they've just been attacked. And so are they're they, kind of like are they re- good recouping. guys or bad guys? <laughs> yeah. You know, are robbing the rich to feed the poor? It's like, Rob, that's a naughty word. We never rob. <laughs> we just borrow it from those that can afford it. <laughs> It's like that's not a candle on a cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they are getting better. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's funny. It's a really good scene, and you know, a little nice as we are going to say. This whole entire episode full of lots of good quotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin's a little mean to Little John. You know, he's like <laughs> the sheriff and his whole posse couldn't lift you off the ground, and then, and then he <laughs> ruins Little John's hat. <laughs> Yeah, it's good, though. You know, I think if if Robin Hood in this film has a character flaw, it's that he's uh, pretty 
he's pretty relaxed about everything. Like he's pretty relaxed and carefree about everything. Very Hakuna Matata, you know? Totally. He would be BFFs with them. No, but I, I love how Little John and Robin Hood, they completely, like, justify what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh, shucks. Like a circus. A peanut operation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, it was our chance to perform before royalty. And so we're introduced. <laughs> I think this is the best character in the whole film is Prince John, the phony <laughs> king of England. Oh. And his his suspicious snake, Sir Hiss. <laughs> With you around, who needs a court jester? <laughs> Prince John, I mean, he's, he's very vain, and obviously he doesn't belong there, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, he, he has Sir Hiss, who kind of like puts him in order, and he's like the voice of reason. But Prince John just shoves him down. I mean, he literally puts him in a basket, and he you know dismisses him <laughs> later <laughs> at the archery tournament. It's pretty sad, because if he were to listen to him, things would turn out all right. <laughs> yeah, um, I really love the dynamic they have between Prince John and Hiss. Reading back to uh, Illusion of Life, there's a little bit to be said about appeal, uh, villains with appeal. It doesn't necessarily mean that you like the villain or, or that he's like particularly sinister or that he looks good or she, sorry, um, but that you can kind of connect with them and that there's something emotional there and they're entertaining. And so um, they really thought about this his character because they at first they wanted him to be like uh, Ka from Jungle Book. That was two films previous to Robin Hood. You know, Ka's very sinister. And I, I think he's one of my favorite pre-Renaissance villains. Um, a because he's a uh, creepy because he's voiced by Winnie the Pooh, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, uh, just, just close your eyes and picture Winnie the Pooh saying his lines the next uh, time you jungle. Yeah, but, man, that that just is not good. You have just sealed your doom. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> But they went in a different direction uh, since uh, Prince John is so, you know, dramatic, boisterous, very Shakespearean. They wanted kind of a voice of reason, like Morgan was saying, um, who was uh, who found himself very vulnerable and abused by Prince John in his ridiculousness. So they wanted someone who was kind of nonviolent and kind of pathetic, but they, they still wanted to do evil because they really wanted the job as as counselor to Prince John. And so you get this really kind of crazy character who's like, he's bad, but you know, he could never do any real harm. He just has evil ideas, you know? Yeah. And um, I like how uh, he's not even true to snake form. Like he never slithers. He just kind of gallops on his. (laughs) Snakes don't walk. They slither. Slither. So so there. And so. um, Is that what he says? Does he say so there? Yeah. So I never knew that. Yeah, he says so there. <laughs> oh, I thought it, he just said slither twice. Oh, Why isn't is my it, world just opened up right now? Isn't it crazy when that happens to you? Yeah. I know. I know. It's happened to all of us. Don't worry. <laughs> and, when he, and when he really wants to make a getaway, he like hikes his coils up like a skirt and like hops on his tail. You know? <laughs> and they also uh, figured out how to use his uh, snake body like arms, you know, when he's like propping himself up in the basket. Yeah. And like putting his like hands on his shoulder. His, yeah, his arms up to shield himself from Prince John, you know. <laughs> so um, even though this film is very cheap, like I think that Hiss is a very well designed character and he's really cool. And you wonder why uh, Robin Hood land never showed up in Kingdom Hearts. But uh, but he's I just think they're really cool together. 
Prince John, of course, is played by uh, Peter Ustinov. He had a few roles in Disney. I just remember him in the live-action film Blackbeard's Ghost when he was uh, Blackbeard's Ghost, <laughs> which is in itself an, an extremely ridiculous film. But like Peter Ustinov, he like he like brings this this whole like kind of Shakespearean like enunciate every word, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> kind of dramatic, kind of drama, melodrama, and it's he's really classically fun. trained. Dude, I love him. He's like dramatic. He's proud, well spoken, yeah. slightly feminine. He's like a spoiled. <laughs> he's like a spoiled brat. You know, he, he like Morgan said, he does not belong on the throne. Right. <laughs> he's a classic parody of royalty and a good parody on uh, John, uh, John the Soft-Hearted or whatever they called him. You know, the real King Richard's the Lion-Hearted. Oh. Well, Richard was the Lion-Hearted. John, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Soft Sword or whatever they call him. He was the ridiculous um, relative of his. A ridiculous relative. <laughs> and I love his rhymes and his alliterations. I don't know if that was yeah. the guy who was voicing him or the script, but he's like, silly seven. I'll take that fat friar to the gallows. <laughs> and when our hero comes to rescue the corpulent cleric, <laughs> I just freaking love him. Uh, I love the scene where you first meet him because uh, he's like rolling around in his with his entourage, and uh, <laughs> I, you know, well, this is it's like with Chelsea with the slither, uh, and and so there. For a while, when I was a kid, I thought he was saying Texas, beautiful, lovely Texas. <laughs> Texas. Oh, oh, I was like, what? Robin Hood didn't happen in Texas, did it? <laughs> it's just because you grew up in texas and you like see everything around you as what you know you know it's just like when i grew up i always thought the song was in ex chelsea's deo i'm like why is it ex chelsea <laughs> <laughs> i was i was yeah it was nice that was a fun day when i realized that ha 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 oh See, now everybody that's listening is probably like, oh my gosh, they're quoting so much. But it's like, think about it. If you were with us, you would be quoting You'd want to quote too. Totally. <laughs> no, so no. Cool. So this is the next thing is, is you know, we're introduced to the cross-dressing fortune tellers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which are so awesome. So I always wondered, like, where do they hide all their disguises? In the trees. Probably... <laughs> they have trees, you know. They have... Yeah, but do they like... I mean, are there just, like, a million random outfits just sprawled out everywhere you go? They're like, oh, you know, Robin Hood was here type thing. They only wear, like, two outfits, don't they? Yeah, when you're, like, the Prince of Thieves of that continent, (laughs) you've got to be prepared. It's true. (laughs) The Prince of Thieves. You should have, like, a a face-off. Who's who's the best master thief, Robin Hood or Aladdin's dad? (laughs) As seen on Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. But I love, I just love um, Robin Hood pretending to be that woman with that like black hair and those like sharp cut, blunt cut bangs. Oh, it's like a perfect design. Uh, She totally dupes him. Like he is, he's very gullible and not meant for the throne because his understanding is is not quite there. (laughs) (laughs) Like female bandits, poppycock. What's next? What's next? Rubbish. He's like, Regal, majestic, lovable, yes, 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 yes. cuddly, Cuddly. yes, oh, it's me to a T. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you hear that hiss? 
skipped. <laughs> but that <laughs> really goes to show. It. I mean, they do a really good job with that because a lot of times fortune tellers just sort of tell you what you want to hear or general things that pe- would be a good thing to say to people. Um, so obviously you're speaking to the king. Like you're going to throw out the words, oh, yeah, you're majestic. You're so regal, you, you know, <laughs> godlike. And, you know, they're going <laughs> to eat it all up. So, I mean, this is we're beginning to see a, more of, you know, Robin Hood's wit and really how smart he is. But right now, I mean, we just don't, we, we don't really know that he's doing it for good. Yeah, it's his dumb side and his soft side also, much to the sorrow of the queen. Yes! <laughs> mother. Mother, mother always did like Richard the best. Oh, uh, and that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a best. running gag that is so perfect. It's so well done. Oh. Uh. <laughs> You have a very loud thumb. <laughs> the thumb, the mirror, the mother, mommy. Yeah. Oh man, I would always quote that with my brothers and sisters. Like, oh, I got a dirty thumb. <laughs> yeah, and and they just end it with that. You know, he he. Uh, they find out that uh, it's really Robin Hood and Little John. And he's like, send his uh, send his people after him. You know, after them, you fools. <laughs> You know, uh, Prince John's, like, army really sucks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Crappy. I mean, the whole time there's this these two strangers. Well, one stranger's inside the cabin with him. But they're just straight in formation. They and don't then the care. other one is just waltzing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other one's just waltzing around, filling his bodice with the coins from the royal treasury. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> lolly the hubcaps. jackpot. <laughs> Solid gold hubcaps. my brothers and i say that all the time around like when a car has like really fancy (laughs) rims or there was a there was a period in my my family's life when we had this expedition and it didn't have rims it had hubcaps and like we (laughs) lost and it wasn't like big hubcaps like on a honda accord or something they're just like those little ones in the middle because the tires are so big and we lost one of the hubcaps and my dad had to go to like a specialty store to buy it and it was great because we would always quote the hubcaps like solid gold (laughs) hubcaps (laughs) oh like i didn't think a hubcap quote of all quotes would become relevant in my life but it totally is more than you want to know hopefully (laughs) i really love it and the guards are like uh what oh go after them okay (laughs) come on man no one lives forever (laughs) and they all urge in the general direction of robin hood and and little john and they pay absolutely no attention to what's on the ground in front of them I think there's a couple of times where John just gets flat out trampled by his own army. <laughs> oh, I, well, you know, but also think about it. They're, they're not particularly too keen on him being king anyway. So it's like, meh. <laughs> I mean, are they? Well, I mean, well, I this don't is, know this that's Prince necessarily... John's private army. Yeah. You I know, mean... it's like his own little, it's like his own little IRS, but uh, they switch out oh. to, they switch out to good virtuous animals at the end when King Richard comes back. The greatest way to get um, to know, put the... evil on a face is say the his personal IRS. <laughs> hey, well, it's relevant, but um, <laughs> but yeah, they kind of bring in like goats and like sheep and like <laughs> nice animals at the end to be the soldiers. But no, it's like no, 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 no. I'm king now. Replace my entire army with weasels and rhinos. Well, no, that well, makes sense. What about the crocodile? Can he stay? Yeah, he can stay. The, the can stay. <laughs> well, like that's the thing with tyrants is that when they do usurp and when they sort of take over, they don't want anyone of the old regime there. And they kind of – he's such like a weakling character. It's just – it's kind of a, a juxtaposition that he surrounds himself with really, really strong uh, weaselly type characters to protect him because he's clearly not that. 
And that's kind of like the first episode of the film. Actually, I consider um, the first part of the film to be the opening credits. <laughs> and then yeah. The second part of the film is this part uh, where they're robbing uh, the royal the royal coach. And then we kind of get into like a real story. You know, that was just like a bit of fun to like show off like how you really don't have to worry about the bad guys in this film. <laughs> you just have to kind of laugh at them. Yeah, this is going to be and all then, fun and games. <laughs> yeah, and then we're kind of introduced to some new characters and kind of the storyline of like the taxation and, and the call for justice, you know. Which, okay, the dog with the broken leg, not a smart move. If you're going to stick it in your cast, stick like a bunch of coins, don't move. Just don't walk. I mean, because it's the clink, 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 you know, and it gives away. But we're introduced to the sheriff, who's hilarious. Uh, the legendary Pat Buttram. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the guy from Lester's Possum Park. This is ba- probably is. one of your favorite people to impersonate. He really is. <laughs> probably because it being... Yeah. <laughs> old Friar Tuck, the old do-gooder. I love at the end of that quote, he's just like, that old do-gooder, out doing good again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, then the unspo- and then the unspoken line, let's go screw with him. <laughs> but uh, I really like him. He's like this big gluttonous wolf. So he's got like the fat thing that going on. It's like, well, he's a slob, but he's also a wolf in that he's malicious, you know, a malicious slob. And that's the sheriff of Nottingham. Well, originally um, they wanted the sheriff to be like just a not so typical evil animal character like a goat but the director um you know really wanted to stick with this villainous wolf and like the wolves in you know classical stories and fairy tales and animated movies i mean they're the evil ones you got the the wolf with the yeah three little pigs you have red riding hood i mean you have the wolf and you know the story about the the goats and the the kids you know they try to eat he's trying to eat all those seven kids and um so always the the wolf doesn't get a break. And even in this movie, they still like, oh, no, we're going to go with what works. people know. And people know that wolves are evil. Well, yeah. So they went with a goat. They didn't go with the goat, which would have been bad. And um, so I'm glad they went with the wolf. And then he, after screwing with Otto, he uh, goes off to his other taxation appointment to like <laughs> this poor widower's, widower's family. With like a million kids. I know. Probably from Utah. And she's got like twenty kids, and uh, you know they they all scrimped and sived. Um, the, the family that pays together, what is it? Saves together, pays together. Yeah, there we go. Keep saving. He's like, golly, he's really evil. I don't think he's evil. He's just a jerk. I really like that. At this point in time, you meet some of the kids, and some of the kids kind of like. It's interesting how it does. They take one person, which takes you to this person, which takes you to this person, which takes you to this person. Like, that's how they introduce each of these new characters is they just interact with each other. And then that person takes over the role of going to the next point until they finally end up at Maid, uh, Maid Mariam. Um, but it, right <laughs> here it goes and it, it talks to um, Skippy. And he's, it's a, you know, Skippy's just lost his whole farthing. Um, oh my gosh! His his face when he loses yeah. the farthing. <laughs> I looked that up, and it's like equivalent to an eighth of a cent. And that oh. wasn't even like that's not even now. I mean, it, it's an older coin. It, it wasn't even around like two hundred years ago. But just even now, just imagine an eighth of a cent, and that's 
that's not very much. So clearly either like inflation <laughs> has happened, but that's sad because it's the whole family. And even then all they could do is give them that. I mean, so you understand, at least if you understand the farthing, which most people don't, but it's one gold coin. If anything, you understand that, wow, this was a big sacrifice and Prince John is really uh, making these people suffer. Yeah. Yeah, really. I like his quote, though, that I really like at that point where he was just like, happy birthday, son. So how old are you now? I'm seven years old, going on eight. I'm like, you just turned seven and now you're looking forward to eight. <laughs> I remember. I hey, awesome. when, you're, when you're a kid, you got to take what you can get. It's true. When I was watching this movie as a kid, I remember um, when he said that I'm seven going on eight. I was like, oh, my gosh, he is so old. I can't, I don't even know what it's like to be seven. Like, this is honestly when I'm like four thinking this, like seven is so old. <laughs> and well, now I'm like seven. When you turn seven, you get your own bow and arrow set. You know, you can play around with lethal weapons and now. And Robin Hood hat. <laughs> yeah, look at this King Robin Hood bow. Oh, he's so handsome. Just like in his reward posters. <laughs> oh. I love those kids because there's a... Uh, Okay, Skippy, and I don't know who the other kids are besides Toby the Turtle. Oh, Skippy. Hold on, okay, and... here's the name. Toby the Turtle, Skippy, Sis, and Tagalong. I can never tell what gender the baby is. Oh, hmm. Tagalong? Yeah, yeah, okay. and, and uh, Tagalong was done by Dory Whitaker, which sounds like a girl's name to me, saying that that rabbit is a girl, but I always thought that little rabbit was a boy. Tagalong? Yeah, but... Yeah, but Dexter on Dexter's Laboratory was voiced by a girl. Well, yeah. So was Bart Simpson. Yeah, but not. this was the 70s. Not saying. Like, now we're going to get tons of emails. <laughs> actually, uh, women have been doing voices for male characters in yeah, animated actually, movies. Yeah, I wish you guys since... wouldn't be so sexist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hacks. Uh... Yeah, but sis. Yeah, I guess... I. I mean, those characters aren't as important. They're they're just there, and they kind of introduce us to Maid Marian, which not very good fortifications. You yeah. you can walk through the bars. Not only that, you can just walk up to the castle and spy on the princess. I mean, creepy. Yeah, I think even Princess Zelda has better security than than <laughs> these people, and she gets captured like periodically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. And I love how um, Maid Marian's like, a, she's a nice girl. She's kind of one-sided, you know, but, um, you know, not much to her uh, with, with Lady Cluckin. Yeah, I'm your lating in waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Clucky. Oh. She's amazing. If you could do, like, sassy black women in 1970s <laughs> Disney animation, <laughs> Clucky would be the sassy black friend. <laughs> she really is. Run, Lassie! This is no place for a lady. <laughs> oh. But uh, I really love her, and I love that they just like invite the kids in, and they're like, "Hey, let's have a game at Prince Chun's expense," and just make fun of him. I love how everyone in the film just does not take the guy seriously. Oh, I yeah. Even his, I don't know. I don't know how she's necessarily related to Prince John, but yeah, yeah relative it's, somehow. It's, it's got. It's gotta be by adoption. It's gotta be. That's what I'm thinking. Well. Richard is her... It's their uncle's uncle. Yeah, yeah which... both of them are uncles. Okay. so Yeah, that's embarrassing if your <laughs> niece is just poking fun at you in the open. <laughs> <laughs> One day King Richard will have an outlaw for an in-law. Oh, 
No, no. The, my favorite quote, though, of hers is, like, right there between Collecti and, and she. And she's just like, oh, don't worry, my dear. Absence makes the heart grow fonder or forgetful. <laughs> it's like, oh, it hurts. It's so true. I I love right before that with um, the rabbits and when she, he's pretending, uh, Skippy's pretending to be Robin Hood and they go off to Sherwood Forest. Oh, that's right. It's just like this little shrub. And then um, they're just like awkwardly sitting there. Maybe Marion doesn't care, but he's like, so what do we do now? (laughs) She's like, well, the hero usually gives the lady a kiss. It's like that Nah, that's sissy stuff. And she they're like kissing. She gives him a kiss <laughs> on the cheek, and the kids are like, "They're kissing." <laughs> and the sister is busting up laughing for like ten seconds. Oh, it's good. It's oh, good. But I really love it. I, something that I noticed today is I have her laugh. Like if you listen a lot at the very end, she like tails off like that. Um, I've re-listened to the podcast multiple times in editing, and I'm just I think that that's where I got it. I got it from watching these movies. <laughs> I now laugh like this girl. Nice. That's pretty funny. And I think I think uh, Toby the turtle gets an honorable mention here for being kind of the the squid of the group. You know, oh. to, to 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 quote Rocket Power. Um, I just like how it's a given that Toby will tattle on you. Uh-oh. Toby yeah. might tattle on you. I yeah, like, Toby. The... You gotta say the oath. <laughs> Put your hand over your heart and cross your eyes. <laughs> if I tattle tell, I'll die till I'm dead. Oh, that's a great line. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like how, though, at the end, after he's made the oath, he, like, feels proud of himself. He's like, good. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to tattle on them. I'm good. I'm not the squid anymore. I'm not the... <laughs> Oh, Yay, man. Dad. Yeah. Chelsea's right. You get these situations that kind of flow into each other, you know? It's the taxation to the sheriff to the bunnies to the vixen to the talking about Robin Hood to the archery tournament to the archery tournament to Prince John, you know? So mm-hmm. um, so now we're at the archery tournament. <laughs> Old Rob can win that standing on his head. And then you meet, uh, you meet Friar Tuck uh, for the first time. Yeah. He's a really, he... really good guy. You know, he... Friar Tuck is the stand-up guy of this film. Totally. But what I love He's about Friar nice Tuck, Friar Tuck just sort of like wanders into their camp like he has nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, huh, salvation, salvation. Uh, uh. I'll go see what my friends, the thieves, are up to. <laughs> I just like how um, the, the guy from the church, this is clearly during the um, some sort of period of separation of church and state in, uh, in medieval Europe. <laughs> because Friar is totally against Prince John, and he's actually kind of a conspirator against him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Great idea, Friar Tuck. Yeah, we'll win that archery tournament, and we'll and Robin Hood will get to kiss Maid Marian." Uh, that's not what I meant, guys. I, I mean, this will bring you close enough to assassinate Prince John. What? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! We just want to kiss. We we just. We... <laughs> I expected a more sinister plan from Friar Tuck. But, um, you know, maybe he's not so much of as, as an enemy of the state as kind of like the love doctor. He wants to make sure Robin Hood gets reunited with his with his vixen. So, <laughs> but the archery tournament is like so freaking hilarious. Like, oh, first yes. of all, all the all the cool archers and uh, you've got the disguising. And then uh, little John come, comes up as uh, Sir Reginald, Duke of Chutney. And he totally disses Sir Hiss in front of Prince John. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, basically makes him go away in shame. <laughs> He's like, you, sir, have taken my seat. And they just laugh at him for, like, ten <laughs> seconds. 
No, but this this is totally like a situation that happens. It's like the cool new kid comes in town and like you have a best friend and you're always yeah. together. And like the cool new kid suddenly becomes friends with your other friend and suddenly you are out. And it's like, you what? You are out. Be gone, long one. <laughs> yeah, Prince John has no loyalty. He's all about the cool new guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mila. The headmaster <laughs> sovereign of the realm. The big man himself. You're beautiful. <laughs> this is like the, probably going to be the most quoted episode. I know. I, I know. hope listeners can stand it. People will either love it or they're going to hate it. So we warned them. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's kind of it's kind of cre- the one part that always got me scared was when Prince John is like off his head on the boom, boom and then the big, big scary executioner rhino shows up. Uh-huh. And he only needs like two seconds on screen to be like the scariest dang thing in the film. <laughs> yeah. And then he just kind of he just kind of goes away, you know. Release my buddy. I mean, release the prisoner. <laughs> Untap the prisoner. <laughs> PJ. PJ. It. You know I like that. You know I do. PJ, put that on my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole scene is amazing because. Total chaos ensues once they kind of Robin Hood's free, grabs Maid Marian, they're running off, you know, uh, seize the fat one. And I love how the the crocodile guy is uh, trying to restore order. Attention, everyone! And he's just <laughs> run over. <laughs> and then you have like these kind of Scooby Doo moments where everyone's like, they just do these kind of running cycles, and they just <laughs> kind of run this distance from the foreground, and then way back in the background, and then some other part in the foreground, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of cheap, but it's it's kind of funny at the same time. And then it's like the funnest part of the film, and it just kind of dips on down low into this like lull when they do when they do the song. Yeah, see, here's the thing: the music in this movie is so good. Like, there's so many parts in it that are just like, I love that song. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I love that song. You know, these songs are just so right on on target um but then it comes to the this song where it's the love it just totally stops the flow of the movie and it just doesn't like fit and i remember back to when we interviewed don bluth and he talked about how he's like it's because Wooly ritherman couldn't do romance and i was like oh it's true because <laughs> this one scene it just wasn't it Looking back at it now, I'm able to take a lot out of it. And I'm like, you know, this is really nice. Like, it's, it's, the song is really good. It was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Music and the Best Original Song. Um, so I thought that was cool, but it was, I don't know, for some reason it just didn't fit. Like, what are you guys thought? Yeah, when I was a kid, this is definitely the part where I was, like, gagging as they, like, do, like, the <laughs> slow motion zoom into their eyes. They're fluttering, and there's fireflies. And I'm like, when I was a kid, this is, like, when I went to the restroom or when I, you know, took got a snack, you know, or when I just, you know, was fidgeting the whole time. I was like, come on, come on, get to the best song in the film. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next song is Prince John, the phony king of England. Awesome. Yeah, so that's catchy. a good song, but it's oh. led up, you know, it's it's funny. It's not even a few minutes later that they no, it's like go right into after. the song. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Sorry. Oh, gosh, this is really awkward. We were just making out. <laughs> <laughs> the whole town showed up to watch y'all make out. <laughs> well, it's kind of like this, like, publicized romance, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone wants this to work out. You know, yeah. and, <laughs> and everyone expects it to work out, and 
Yeah. I expect it to work out. Yeah, right? They're the only two foxes around. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. There was your sissy laugh. I know, I know, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but do you know what's funny about this part where it talks about Prince John the Phony, King of England? There's one line where it says, too late to be known as John the First. Be sure to be known as John the Worst. It actually, in history, John did become king, and he was the first. And as of 2012, he was the only king to be named John. Oh. So I thought I saw that. I was like, really? That's interesting. But I I love this song. It's just like, all right, we outsmarted Prince John and made Mary and Robin Hood together. Let's have a bluegrass party. (laughs) (laughs) And. The song is so amazing. Like, the lyrics are amazing. Like, incredible as he is inept. Whatever the history books are kept, we'll call him the phony king of England. And then they wish a pox on him. But that's, that's, that's irrelevant. That's, you, know, you can look over that. But I love the, the puppets and, like, the uh, recycled animation from the Aristocats. From so many movies here. Yeah. Oh, and the dancing. Yeah, dance, Snow uh, White. Marian, when she's doing the dancing with different partners, that's a Snow White. Yeah, Snow White. It just proves she's that. a classy lady. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I really love that that song, and they just kind of jam all night, and it becomes a big hit throughout the kingdom. Overnight, <laughs> it's like a top forty hit. It goes, plat- <laughs> it goes platinum the first night. <laughs> it's a huge hit. The whole town's singing it. No, I love it when he's when when the sheriff is singing it to his, and he's like, "Ooh, let me! I want to learn that too." He's like, "Oh, that's PJ to a T, isn't it?" Later, be known as John the First. He should have been known as John the Worst. <laughs> the masterful, noble, shivering. No, you got it all wrong, yes. <laughs> Oh, flashback to episode two bloopers. Dude, I love it. <laughs> and, uh, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Yeah. And then, um, and then we get kind of into the somber mood. You kind of get three songs in one. You know, you have Love, original title, um, <laughs> Phony King of England, and then into Not in Nottingham, which is another great song in this film. Personally, I liked Not in Nottingham better than Love. Like that one, I've got heart. Yeah, and there's I've like you get a lot of people who have made covers of that one. Like people really like that song and like to do it. I mean, we've got um, Mumford and Sons. They do a cover of it, and I I listened to before. I was like, this is cool. They did a good job. So here, let's go over these different songs. And what is your guys' vote for the best song? The first one we've got the whistle stop. You know, opening credits. Uh huh. And then Just we a got, little sample there. Thank you. And then we have Udalali, Robin Hood, Little John running through the forest. And then right after that, we came Love. We had Prince John the Phony, King of England. We also have Not in Nottingham. But also, we forgot to mention, in the escape sequence following the archery tournament, there are two fight songs that are kind of meshed together in that part. Like right when it goes where into- Clucky's running, yeah, running with goes- the uh, golden arrow. Uh huh. We have the University of Southern California fight song merged <laughs> with the University of Wisconsin fight song. <laughs> so basically, Clucky's an all American. <laughs> exactly. Do 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 do
do do do do do. No? Oh. <laughs> yep. Basically, that's it. Yeah. They also have credit in here, you know, because you have to, because these are, you know, early enough songs. Um, Happy Birthday and Rockabye Baby, which apparently were written in the 14th century. Um, Rockabye Sheer, <laughs> just to relax. All right. So, uh, so those are all of our choices here. Of all those, which one is your favorite? I like the phony king of England, closely followed by Not Nottingham. Okay. Uh, love? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Good question. I would say the whistle stop because that's the one I find myself singing and whistling the most. Uh-huh. Uh, closely followed by Not in Nottingham. Okay. I'm going to go with Oodalali, Oodalali. I think, I think um, Not in Nottingham is, well, okay. I think I'm going to go with Not in Nottingham is first. And then Oodalali as second. Those are my top two. But they're all so good. They I are just... all so good. I like Nod and Nottingham because it kind of, um, finally the main conflict of the film kind of comes in there at the, within the last 30 minutes pretty much. Right. And uh, I like how Prince John taxes the heart and soul out of the poor people of Nottingham and he gets every, he throws everyone in jail. <laughs> like everyone in the kingdom besides the, the besides the, uh, you know, Actual besides the church are uh, thrown in jail, including the narrator of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, I'm in here too. <laughs> I'm in here too. Um, I love how uh, all the poor raccoons, you know, I just love how everyone is moving in time with the song, with the chain clinking and the the chain rattling. Oh, man, poor little guys. And and that kind of segues into uh, Faraya Tuck. He gets thrown in jail defending the poor box. Uh. Oh, that scene just. mm. So uh, I like Faraya Tuck, and he's kind of an interesting choice as a badger. His original character design was going to be a pig, but um, apparently that was too anti-Catholic, and, and, I, and I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh my and I gosh, agree because, that would have been horrible. And I agree because he's not a corrupt priest. He's really a good guy. And so why would they make him a pig? The pig is a, is a kind of a negative animal, unless it's Babe, in which case he's the hero. But yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't go with the pig. Um, the church bell at his uh, church there, it was actually rotoscoped footage of a, a real church bell. It just didn't animate that just kind of traced over mm. it. so yeah um and then you kind of get this jailbreak scene i, I love the scene where uh robin hood and little john are impersonating uh trigger and nutsy to outsmart the sheriff <laughs> i love those two guys wait a second is the safety on old <laughs> betsy you bet it is sheriff that's what i'm afraid of you go up first in front of me. <laughs> totally <laughs> Joseph, it sheriff, put that peach down. <laughs> See, once again, a great use of intonation and just like how they said their words more than what they said. They just added so much personality into every line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like uh, Prince John's amazing plan. Um, to uh, yeah, he's right up there with the bad guy from Bowler Hat guy from Mitharabu. <laughs> I'll just hang Friar Tuck, get rid of the only priest in town, and uh, when uh, Robin Hood comes, we'll capture him. <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, and not to mention that he also sees the need to sleep with all his bags of gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's Conveniently right. putting him 
and uh, what Robin Hood's looking for in the same place. I know. Um, you know how Disney comes out with their, like, the name of the new release, the re-release DVD has something to do with it, you know? Oh, yes. So uh, Robin Hood has, the, on the most wanted edition DVD of, um, <laughs> Which, of Robin Hood. What does that even mean? Most wanted edition. It means it's narrated by Sir John Bennell of America's Most Wanted. Um, oh, I don't even know Most Wanted edition. It's the one that you want the most. I suppose it's sort of like the the Great Mouse Detective, the Mystery and the Mist edition. It's like what? Mystery and the Mist edition. <laughs> there, there, yeah. there was no mist. Yeah, who's the marketing dude who thinks up the <laughs> DVD edition? They're like, oh, well, man. we don't think it's worth a platinum edition or a diamond edition, but we don't want to just release it. So it needs some sort of edition. So, all right, everyone gather around the table. Let's think of new editions. Oh, I know, I know. Mystery in the Mist. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking uh, for, okay, we're re-releasing Snow White. We need a name for the edition. Okay, how about this? Uh, 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 Snow White Poison Apple <laughs> Edition. <laughs> Cinderella uh, rotting pumpkin edition. <laughs> I the have fox the... and the hound radiator edition. <laughs> uh, I have the very first DVD edition. It was the gold classic collection of See? this movie. That's okay. I, I yeah. Yes, folks. Yeah, that was totally good. So yeah, they kind of they were going to do this uh, kind of alternate ending where Prince John like wounds Robin Hood, and then he's about to kill him. He's about to you know stab him. And then he's interrupted by King Richard at the last second, uh, which would have been really flame. Like, <laughs> how did how did that happen? But um, the filmmakers felt it, it made him too sinister and too dark, and so they dropped that ending. Um, and, but well, you they, can, uh, they'd already you spent know. all this time establishing that he's goofy and incompetent. Right. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, and then um, I love how Prince John just goes stark raving mad. <laughs> because Robin Hood wins again, and then look what you've done to your mother's castle. Oh, mama. Yeah, and then he, he takes it all out on Sir Hiss. Yeah, so you cowardly cobra, you procrastinating python, you eel in snake's clothing. I never noticed that line before. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Then the ending's kind of funny. They like All the bad guys are thrown in this like Prohibition-era jail, you know, and they keep <laughs> on rocks. And uh, Trigger and Nutsy are kind of bad guys, but they're still the guards over the jail, so it's like a hood. Except Nutsy is now Trigger's boss instead of Trigger being Nutsy's boss. So it makes me wonder if Nutsy, you know, if he was just kind of a dim-witted accomplice, or if he really had a hand in it. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. The world will never know. Unless they do a Robin Hood 2 sequel. This is one of the one films that has been unspoiled by a sequel. It's Probably because there was no real story in the film, you know, to build on it. <laughs> And they're like to build on in the yeah in the, exactly uh, they're like just hmm. just give them a, a, a level on Kingdom Hearts that's it's as simple as that you no know, plot required the thing is like they kind of built it like to where they could have possibly done something because it's like at the very end he's like uh, Toby's like well Skippy why are you going well Robin Hood is gonna have kids somebody's gotta take care of things I'm like. Um, Why? Creepiest, <laughs> creepiest thing ever. Like, they just got married and they're going on their honeymoon. Like, they don't have kids yet. Why are you there, Skippy? It's just, it's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> and then you can, you can see on the IMDb page for Robin Hood under the parents' guide, uh, sex is implied in the last scene of the movie. <laughs> 
four out of four out of ten should have been PG thirteen. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a weird mentorship, kind of like a Jack Donahue Liz Lemon thing. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of creepy that he like runs off with them on their honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, and and little little John's driving the cab. Of course. Well, so... hey, they're inseparable. <laughs> Well, well I mean, I can, ages, I can understand middle... somebody driving the cab. I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to. Well, but does it have to be your friend? <laughs> Could you not hire a, a man for this? <laughs> yeah, man you know that. Someone... <laughs> well, the Middle Ages had some weird traditions on marriage, such as. Yeah, I can't. I can't even That's... say him on the. I can't even say him on the podcast. Oh, um, yes, because we're a clean just, podcast. Just look up the history of why there's a garter toss. Oh, and. Oh. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I, I've looked that up before. <laughs> well, we we looked it up when when we were getting married, and it was kind of funny. But anyway, uh, yeah. So kind of funky, uh, funky ending. I'm glad uh, we get to see King Richard, a proper lion king. Well, yes, because he has a uh, giant mane, a full mane, crusader uniform. You know, it appears I now have an outlaw for an in-law. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Got like that Sean Connery laugh. <laughs> Uh, you know, all the evil animals are are gone. You know, there's good, like good animals now, Woo-hoo! and the love goes on and on. But I I really like this film. I think, like, <laughs> really, you haven't made that clear. <laughs> I don't know if you guys didn't realize it yet, but I really like this film. Yeah. So okay, what are we gonna rate this film? Oh man, there's a lot of things to consider. Like I'm thinking about it story wise. We've there's no story. Like we we've, we've already talked yeah. about that. Uh, but character-wise, like Mason said, there are some amazing characters, and this is probably one of the most quotable films ever. And I think I can watch this so many times. Like the replay value on this is just as I'm watching it again. I haven't watched it for years, but it was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> like, oh, I could do this again. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not like there's this like exhausting journey of a plot that you have to get through you know yeah all, all you have to do is get back and enjoy the hilarity of it all i mean you could start at any point in time and be sucked in and just and not have missed a beat <laughs> so i don't know for me i'll go first because of just those two things because of the fact that the dialogue was really well done and the voice acting was very well executed um i'm gonna i i'm gonna go ahead and give this based on the replay value alone, four stars. Four stars. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I've been thinking about this, and obviously I don't feel comfortable giving it a five-star rating because then no. I would lose all my credibility as a reviewer, <laughs> and everyone knows that I have so much credibility. <laughs> so um, for the sake of my reputation. No, no, no. But for you know, just the fact that that I don't rate it maybe the highest ever doesn't mean that I don't absolutely love this movie and that it's one of my favorites. Um, I think I would give this three and a half stars. It's You take that back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's not the best movie, but it's definitely not the worst. It's definitely a um, pretty decent movie, but you know that's trying me trying to be a, a bit of objective about this then putting all that aside i absolutely love this movie i think it's incredibly quotable and great but i still can't give it you know four stars because the songs aren't really that great the 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 flow of it's a bit odd but i love it for what it is and i've learned to love it but three and a half okay that's i mean that that's fair fair. yeah i really won't i really wouldn't give it more than four stars uh either um this is a 
an incredibly funny film. Um, but you know, it kind of came from those clunky pre-Renaissance days. And I mean, it wasn't, it, it sh- I shouldn't say pre-Renaissance cause it's still back in the classic days, but yeah, I mean, don't expect a story, just expect like a lot of really good quotes and like funny situations and lots of rednecks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, four stars. Cause it's like a really good, like fun film to like watch over and over again. But I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, it's not, not exactly the greatest achievement of all. <laughs> Of all of animation. Right. Cheap thrills, folks. That's what you'll get here. But do you want four stars worth of cheap thrills? <laughs> Absolutely. love voicemails um as we've made known through the last couple episodes that we've been getting them and um we're actually going to be moving more into the voicemail side so um emails we're going to be reading but going to be more like excerpts from emails please keep sending your emails but we may or may not use all of it in the episode so we're excited to head on into the voicemails let's see what y'all have to say Hey Rotoscopers, my name is Dan Siciliano from Cary, Illinois, and I love your podcasts, including the last one with Rise of the Guardians. It's such an underrated film, I love it, I hope it has a cult and sequel in the future, Um, and I'm really excited about the next one, about Robin Hood, because I wanted to share a little something with you about this film. When I was in the third and fourth grade, my teacher had a correspondence crush with the man who voiced Robin Hood, Mr. Brian Bedford. Wow, ain't that something? Well, it's a little something I want to share with you, and I can't wait for most shows in the future. And a little word of advice, just keep your chins up, because soon everything will be better in Nottingham. You'll see. I hope you guys have a good summer. Cheers. Oh, and P.S. I love Rango. For those people who think Rango is a bad movie, I love it. Get over it. All right. Bye, you guys. Hey, Rotoscopers. It's me, Maggie. I just want to start off by saying thank you for the mention in the last episode. That was a really great surprise. But since I drew you guys as ponies, it would seem that I know a lot about ponies. And indeed, I do. So, ponies, why do people like it? Why do grown men like it? I think it's because of the characters, the world building. You'll see that a lot of people who like it are already fans of the sci-fi, and the world of Equestria is just so rich, especially in Season 2 when they started introducing like the steampunk concepts of the universe. Like It's just really engrossing, and obviously the characters, they like the personalities of the characters because they're not your regular archetypes, and they like the dynamics of the characters because, as you will see, there's just a mass of fan work, and the fandom, the Brony fandom has effectively become a fandom of themselves. They have derived their works from ponies, but sometimes a lot of the creative works hardly even have that the Bronies Revere hardly have ties to the actual show and the actual characters, but they have ties to the universe the of Equestria. I kind of fell off the ban- the Pony Brony fan wagon because I just couldn't keep up with the fan work, but I know a lot of Bronies still do. And also because I didn't think season two and season three had the same magic as season one, but hey, who am I to judge? Wow, okay. See, that's all I have to say. See you guys. Hey 
Hey, Rotoscopers, Chris Coleman here, and I saw your tweet about uh, your upcoming podcast, which is going to talk about Robin Hood, Disney's Robin Hood from 1973. Had to send a little something something, because that is my favorite Disney animated feature. I know that's a pretty obscure one, given all the great features they've released uh, over the years, but I loved this one as a kid. I bought it at on VHS, and of course it's coming out on August 6th, I think, on Blu-ray, 40th Anniversary Edition, which I will have to get it. Of course, uh, great characters, great voice acting, great music from George Bruns, and I think Roger Miller's Udalali uh, song is probably what it's best known for, and I uh, still love it to this day. So um, I look forward to hearing your guys' discussion about this film. And I hope you uh, you guys all love it as much as I do. And uh, if not, well, Udalali. We're so glad you guys were able to come and join us today. So if you want more information about this episode or any other episodes that we do, you can head on over to therotoscopers.com slash 40 episode 40 uh, and you can find all the information that anything that we mentioned uh, will be in the show notes there and also that video that I talked about earlier that you know me and Alice Cooper because he and I are buds now you know you know how it goes <laughs> um, the link to that will also be on the website it'll take you straight to my Facebook page you guys will like it if you're any, if you're into guitar stuff you're gonna like it uh, yeah so head on over we got Twitter we got everything that you need Mason also has his blog this this is a lot of information but you can find it all on the show notes so head on over rotoscopers.com slash 40 for all the information you need come join the community I mean even after the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of frozen news come up and so we've got more information on there people are seriously like going to town on those comment boards so it's fun to see the whole conversations happen so until next time we are the Rotoscopers You heard what he said, bushel britches. <laughs> no, man. That no, Ben, no, man. <laughs> Ugh, Brazil. <laughs> How, were, Brazil. You, were, you ex- <laughs> were you excited? What? She's speaking Portuguese. No, were I Were you excited wasn't. about Rio? Were you ex- well, I don't think he's evil. He's just a jerk. Man, this is not the good t- a good time to have the hiccups. <laughs> um, Snakes don't walk, they slither. So there. I kind of like it better at saying slither. Well, that's not it. I... <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying it like that. <laughs> but give me a cool do, 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 chuckle. This is a red letter do, day. Do, 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 do. Procuring contributions from the flare. Indeed, sir hiss. Rob the poor to feed the rich. Aha. Aha. I mean, Robin Hood really could have slain Prince John right there, but, you know, I guess. I guess. 
uh, as Gandalf would say, courage is not is not taking a life; it's knowing when to save it. Or as Nephi would say, um, it is better that one man should perish than a whole nation should dwindle in unbelief. That's totally the Robin Hood way. If this were really, I mean. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that just made my week. <laughs> well, because oh. based on his attitude towards money and we steal from the rich to feed the poor, it's all about the people, it's more important <laughs> about them, you would think that Robin Hood ultimately would just chop off Prince John's head because it's for the good of the people. <laughs> and then dress up clothing and make sure his nose <laughs> Dress up in his clothing and go up to Sir Hiss, <laughs> asking for the no, for the gold. Know what we're talking about? <laughs> Who cares? Am I keeping this in there? I don't even know. It's, it's a blooper. <laughs> a lot of this... yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this episode is going to have to be edited for length. But yeah, thank <laughs> Sir Zoram. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So Zoram. <laughs> I don't think Zoram was all that. Wasn't like Sir Hit. Anyway, I don't know. We could go. Off. <laughs> oh man, you need to do fan art of that. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no.